I want to say that I'm thankful for being here tonight, and I thank the Lord for giving me the opportunity and to open this door for me. Um, this message has been on my heart for a long time. It's been brewing, and um, I'm praying and hoping that when I'm done and when the, when the word of the Lord comes forward, that it will open your eyes and open your heart to think about worship in a different way. And I hope to bring some revelation and some change and possibly your worship at home as well as worship in our congregation. Um, so the title of this message is called Why Worship? Um, the first part of this, I have some definitions. I'm just going to kind of lay out the direction of how the Lord laid this out for me. And uh, I'm going to go through some definitions. We're going to talk about true worship. And then we're going to discuss, um, we're going to discuss some distractions of worship. We're also going to discuss benefits of worship. And at the end, we're going to do an exercise um, that's actually out of our freedom book. And the Lord showed me that we needed to do this exercise at the end. So it's kind of a self-evaluation of where we are and um, in our relationship with the Lord as well as in worship. So I want to start off by talking about uh, what is worship. And I'd started doing research on worship, it's probably been a couple of years ago, and I hope that it's okay tonight that I'm transparent with you and to show you and give you some um, testimonies of things that have happened to me personally in worship, the way the Lord has changed me um, and taken me through some healing and some different processes. So um, worship is mentioned about 127 times in the English Standard Version. Uh, what is worship? There's different types of worship. Uh, the Webster um, Dictionary def defines worship as reverence offered to a divine being or supernatural power. Uh, Wikipedia uh, defines worship as the act of attributing reverence, honor, of homage to God. Uh, there's different types of worship, like, like I discussed. Um, you know, w we worship God in different ways. We worship God through our tithes and offerings. We worship God through giving people our time, giving people our uh, love. We also worship um, God by helping the homeless and doing different acts of that sort. But tonight, I primarily want to focus on the type of worship um, that has to do with a physical act or a posture. And um, that involves, or the definition of that is bowing down or stooping before someone as an act of reverence. Um, we see this in the book of Nehemiah 8.6. Um, after uh, the wall was built, thank you, Ezra, it says that Ezra blessed the Lord and the great God. And then all the people answered, Amen and Amen. And while they lifted up their hands, they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So this is a type of posture. This is a, an example of a type of posture. And this showed the signs of reverence and humility that the people had for God. Uh, the, the first time that um, 
after doing some research, the first time that worship is mentioned is in uh, Genesis 22 when the Lord um, had called Abraham and given him um, instructions on um, sacrificing his son on the altar. And then uh, Abraham told his um, servants to stay. They were up toward getting close to uh, the mountain where he was going to go up and, and follow the Lord's directions. And he told the servants to stay, that him and Isaac were going up to worship. Now, a lot of um, scholars and, and theological people out there seem to think that there probably was worship before then. But until that moment, that was the first place that it was mentioned. So I want to start out by talking about um, Matthew 15, 8 and 9, which gives a, uh, a definition of what worship is not. And the Lord said that these people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Um, the heart of God is for us to worship him and in truth, from our heart. So true worship is expressed through our heart. True worship is valuing or treasuring God above all things. Our heart attitude establishes the things in the spirit realm, while our actions and our words establish things in the natural. All of these responses to God reflect his intimate worth and his beauty. Worship was designed to put the supreme worth of God on display. So worship depends on the right spiritual and emotional and affectional heart to grasp God's supreme value. It's a value that we place. True worship is based on the right understanding of God's nature, and it's the right valuing of God's worth. So it, it, it... It's a combination, you know, it it really is a heart issue, but it it takes the understanding of the mind to fully comprehend, and I don't know if we ever fully comprehend, to have some type of comprehension of God and who he is. Um, So I would like to pull up John 4, 23 through 24. Um, And this is where I'm going um, and this is where the Lord's leading us. But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. So I guess the question is, you know, are we worshiping God in spirit and truth? We're filled with the Spirit when we're saved, but are we worshiping him in truth? Um, right worship, good worship, pleasing worship depends on the heart and the right mental grasp of God. So I guess the question is, you know, are we worshiping like we should? Are we worshiping at home like we should? Are we worshiping here like we should? So why do we worship? the question. Why do we worship? We worship God for who he is. He is God. He is omnipotent. He is the great I am. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. 
He is the beginning. He's the end. He's everything. I was saved about seven years ago. And when I was saved, I was in a ministry who worship was um, really important. And the only way I knew how to worship in the beginning, and this is the way I always start out, is thanking God for who he is. Thank you for being my savior. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for all that you've done for me. It's just like a retrospect of my life and, and where he's, where I started and where I am now and being thankful for all the things that he's done in my life. I go in to worship with no agenda. I don't ask any questions. I just go in and worship him for who he is. That's why we worship. So, there are many benefits to worshiping God. And I pulled out, I really sought the Lord, and I pulled out eight of the most important reasons and benefits of worship. And I'm going to share some of those with you. And along the way, I'm going to give some testimonies of things that the Lord has done in me um, during, during worship. The first one and the foremost is communion with God. Um, spending time with the Lord, God, with all of his glory, chooses to respond to us in worship. When we worship him with extravagant love and ex- extreme submission... God will come and commune with us, his presence. He chooses to commune with us. And to me, that's just, it's overwhelming for me sometimes that he, when when we seek him, he truly meets us where we are. So for me, that was the number one, is just spending time with the Lord and and communing with him. Um, If you'll pull up Ezekiel 36. Um, this number two was changing and cleansing my heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 said, I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh. Uh, about two years into um, worship, in the ministry that I was in, uh, we were worshiping, and I had a vision. And I had these two big hands that came. And when they came, I saw he, he removed my heart. And then I saw two big hands come back in and, and just gently place, um, I'm sorry, place a new heart in me. And I didn't know what had happened to me in worship. All I can tell you is that from that point on, it was a, one of those game changers. Everybody has those game changers in, in, in your walk with the Lord, and that was one for me. So I know, I know personally that the Lord changed my heart, and he started healing my heart in ministry. Um, the third one is healing. Uh, I've experienced emotional healing, uh, emotional wounds that, that I had that I didn't even know were there in worship. Uh, we've, I'm sure we've all been in services where there's been manifestations of physical healing. Um, Gavin actually, in a ministry that we were in, experienced a physical healing. Uh, he was struggling with one of his feet. He had uh, foot issues and a growth plate issue, 
and the Lord healed him. And that night that we left, we were on our way home, and we were heading to um, a townhome that we had, and he said, Mom, stop the car. And I said, I mean, this was late at night. And I said, Gavin, would he, would he stop the car? He said, I'm going to run home. So he took off, and he ran all the way to the townhome, at the townhome that we lived in, and, and it was an awesome experience for both of us because we experienced the healing powers of God that night. Um, number four would be building your faith. Um, worship is an actual expression of faith. It fights off doubt when you worship. Um, it takes faith to worship the Lord, even a mustard grain of faith to worship and to spend time with him and lay yourself down before him. The fourth one would be, no, fifth one, sorry, um, would be direction. Uh, The Lord loves to communicate with you in his presence. Uh, I know that um, he may speak to you in an audible voice. He may give you an impression. He may give you visions. Um, There's a lot of different ways. The Lord speaks to different people different ways. And I know with experience from myself that if I'm under a heavy decision or I need to make a decision on something, um, I don't ever want to act out of the flesh. I don't want to step out and make a decision um, that I'm going to regret. And and I know I want to be in the will of God. And I want to make sure that the decision that I make is his will. So I will spend time in worship and, and, and listen and, and ask the Lord to show me and reveal to me his will before I step out and into doing anything in any kind of direction. So I believe that another way that uh, another good aspect of worship is getting direction from the Lord. Um, number six would be casting your cares. Um, I know that um, years ago, um, and the enemy still works on me, and I'm still, I, I battle it, is anxiety and worry. Psalms 55:22 says, cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. So, um, you know, people who, who do get anxious or do worry about things, worship helps deal with that. It helps deal with your anxiety and giving your cares to the Lord. One of the, another vision that I had um, during worship was I saw the feet of Jesus and it was from the knee down. And I was dealing with a lot of stuff in my life and the Lord showed me a big silver platter. And I was kneeling down and he said, now I'm going to need you to place everything that you're worried about. Everything that's on your heart to worry about, I need you to place it in this bowl. So I started telling the Lord, I just started casting all my cares. And then he said, okay, now I'm going to need you to push that to my feet. So casting that, so that's my visualization of casting cares onto the Lord. And that's something that the Lord showed me in worship. Um, number seven would be worship as a weapon. If you'll put up Second Chronicles 20, um, worship is a weapon. Second Chronicles 20, 21 through 22, um, 
When they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the enemies who had come against Judah, so they were rooted. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of the holiness. And they went out before the army and and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercies endures forever. They sent the worshipers out before the battle. The worshipers went out before the battle. So it is, it is a weapon. Worship is a weapon. So I know a lot of people here want to experience the presence of the Lord. It's, it's important for all of us to experience the presence of the Lord. So I want to talk about some distractions that may be keeping us personally from experiencing God's presence here at home as as well as in this ministry. And the only way I know this is because when I started worshiping, I started realizing how the enemy was distracting me. And I had to rearrange some things and alter some things in order to get my focus right and make sure that my focus stayed on the Lord. And it was a process for me. So it wasn't an overnight change for me. It was a process. Mark's, what he said was right. When I came in, I came into this ministry for one of the first times, I ran to the front corner. And I'm going to explain why I did that and how the Lord worked with me with that. So one of the first uh, distractions of worship the Lord walked me through was a distraction of attire and jewelry. Uh, when I first started worshiping, I would wear, you know, I'd go to church dressed and dress fully and wear big bracelets and earrings and things. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to need you to leave that at home. And because when I worshiped and when I raised my hands, my bracelets would slide up and down my arm and make noise, and it was a distraction for me. So that was one of the first distractions as a female. <laughs> the men didn't have to worry about that. But as a female, it was a distraction. So the Lord removed that distraction, and I wore no jewelry for a long time And when I went to our ministry. Worrying about what you're wearing. Um, Mark mentioned that this morning. It, it, and it, I still battle with that. Um, you know, and, and I've, I've got to remember that, yes, it is appropriate. You know, you need to wear appropriate attire, but it should not be your focus. It should not be your focus before you come in here. And so uh, that was one of the things that the Lord really worked with me. Um, another one is the seating arrangements. Um, I know for me, when we started worshiping in our ministry, we had a very small ministry, and it was very similar, set up with all the chairs. People sat um, in the seats. And one worship night, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you up front in the corner. So nobody has ever gone up front before. So here I go up front, and I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, what's going on here? And it was a processing because I can't see anybody behind me. And my focus is on him. And it was me and him. And he was dealing with me. So when I came in here, my first instinct was to run to the front because that's what I was used to. And I know that's where I can focus because my priority coming in here in worship is to spend time with the Lord. 
Um, I'll also know personally, and, and you'll have to evaluate yourself and see if this rings any bells with anybody, but I know that I'm not the type to sit in the middle of aisles. And we're going to have, I hope everybody doesn't move to the outside of the aisles. We don't have anybody sitting in the middle. But I know know personally for me, I have to sit on the outside of the aisles. And I need to sit closest to the front because I have to leave all distractions behind me. My focus is on the Lord when I come in here to worship. So um, the next one to me is probably the biggest one. And the next one is fear. Fear of what people think, fear of other people's opinions. I would like to see our ministry get to the point where everybody is worshiping the Lord and we're not worrying about who's sitting next to us or what people are thinking about us. I love worship. And he loves us worshiping him. He loves for him to be our priority here. Has anybody ever come into church and wondered if they've left their iron on? (laughs) Or their curling iron? Or have I locked the house? Yeah, not you. Most men are not. But have we locked the house? Um, Have we left any kind of iron on, curling iron on? Have we left the um, coffee pot on? Those are all thoughts. And the thoughts bombard us when we get in here. And we have to think about it. And I know sometimes I do, but I'm just saying that, you know, for me, that's a distraction. I want to be so focused on Jesus when I walk through these doors that I can't hear anybody else but him, that my focus is on nobody else but him. Uh, Another distraction is talking and phone access. Uh, In our old ministry, we had issues with phones. So he got to where we had a bucket at the back. And when we came in, every dro- everybody dropped their cell phones in the bucket. So we would focus on the Lord because people, you know, we would be in the middle of worship and Jesus would be calling somebody. And it would completely distract everybody. So we had a bucket and everybody's cell phones went in the bucket. So um, running late for service. Has anybody, I know that we run out of the house, but preparing, being prepared and being on time um, and coming in here in a peaceful manner helps us get focused um, and pressured for time. Um, You know, are we pressured for time to get out of here? You know, is our focus on uh, where we're going to eat or, you know, who we're going to see afterwards or, you know, these are all distractions that hit every single one of us in worship. And I recognize them because they happen to me. And I'm, it's changed me to recognize how the enemy was working on me. It's just as important to know how the Lord wants to change you, but understanding what's working against you and in your personal life. As I was doing my research, I ran across a couple of things that Kenneth Copeland um, brought up about worship. And I thought it was awesome. I thought it was uh, really interesting on what he said. And I'm going to share it with you. Um, He said the responsibility to prepare for worship doesn't only fall to the worship team and the pastor. We should all come to the house 
of the Lord to worship and be prepared. Sunday worship is not a time of entertainment or expecting to be served, but instead it's a time when God's children gather to give him honor and praise. So I want to identify a couple of things that he said that would be helpful and for us as a congregation to prepare for service. And I didn't even recognize that I was, I didn't realize that this was what I was doing until I read this. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's why this happened. It kind of gave me some revelation on myself because on Saturday nights and even on Sunday mornings, I like to play my worship music. I like to get myself focused because I want to come in here fully focused. I want to run in here and be ready for the presence of God. So um, prepare your focus in your heart. So one of his suggestions was to use the night before and early morning before service to seek the Lord. By private worship, reading the Bible, or praying before you get in here. Um, as a congregation... I pray that we all do this and try to prepare a little bit before we do get in here on Sunday mornings. Fix your thoughts on the truth of Jesus and all he's done for you. Fix your thoughts on him. And number three is pray for the service. Ask the Lord to help you receive from him. And pray for the people here who are ministering here. Uh, Pastor Mark, our worship team, our sound booth people and men that are up there. You know, they need prayer and, and, and intercession. We have intercessors in here. So as a group, um, you know, praying and interceding for our church and interceding the this, this Saturday night before the Sunday or the Sunday morning. As a group and a congregation, I want us to pull together and start praying and interceding for where the Lord's taking this ministry because Gail's testimony this morning and what she experienced here and the healing that she experienced here is not going to be the only testimony that comes forth out of this ministry. It's not. And, you know, she she's just one of many. And... Us as a congregation, if we come here prepared to worship on Sundays and the presence of God is here, then I want everyone to experience what I've experienced in worship. I want everybody experience, to experience the healing and the freedom. This is your, just like Mark said this morning, this is your safe haven. This should be the place where the Lord heals you and processes you, so when you move out, you've gotten everything you need from here. And the Lord's going to start bringing people in that are going to need healing and deliverance. So this is where this is going. This is where this is, the Lord's taking us in this direction. So our last exercise we're going to do, I want everybody to take a minute and close your eyes. I'm going to read, out of the Freedom Book in the back, there are four levels of worship. And I'm hoping that when I read these out, 
I'm hoping that you will ask yourself, what levels do I fall in and which levels do I want to be in? So which level am I, in, am I at now and what level do I want to be in? Okay? And I had a vision about this not too long ago, so it was just interesting that the Lord wanted to pull this in. The first one is ankle deep. We can enjoy refreshing in God's presence, but we are in full control. We can splash and play, then choose to walk out the river, walk out of the river with no lasting effects on our lives. So that's ankle deep. We enjoy refreshing in God's presence, but we're still in control and there's no effects on our life. That's the first one. Number two is knee deep. The current of God can be felt, but we, we maintain control. In knee deep, we have a good view of those who venture out into deeper waters. And we see that in his presence, there's fullness of joy. But we still find security in the riverbank. So number two is knee deep. We feel, we feel the presence, but we still maintain control. And we still find security in the riverbanks. Number three is waist deep. Here the stream of his presence is strong. We've walked in deeper waters, but we fight the current and still struggle to keep contact with the bottom. Often the fear of what others think or the fear of losing control will tempt us to go back to the riverbank. It is at this place that we make the crucial decision. Who will be in control, God or us? So this is waist deep. His presence is strong. We walked into deep water, but we're still struggling to keep contact at the bottom. And then we make a decision. Who's going to be in control, God or us? And the fourth one is middle of the river. This is where we can experience the fullness of God's presence. We stop fighting for control and instead we pick our, pick our feet up and floating away, allowing his current to carry us. We go where he goes and it is good. So the fourth one is the middle of the river. Most people want to experience God in an ankle deep knee-deep, or even waist-deep water, but they still want to stay in control. In other words, many want to do the God thing, but reserve enough control that God doesn't take them but so far. So today I'm asking you, where do you fit?
Lord is challenging you to move to the next level. Not only in worship, but in your relationship with the Lord. The Lord's asking you to move out of your comfort zone and into his presence. Everybody can open your eyes. This message has been on my heart for a while. And I hope it's brought awareness to everyone. And it's worked on me personally of where I am and where I want to be. And the Lord showed me that if I brought this message, he would bring the increase. So, Lord, we just, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for just being able to worship you and for you to meet us in our worship. Lord, we thank you for all that you do in your presence. We thank you for Jesus who died on the cross. When the veil was torn and allowing us to come into your presence. Thank you for an open forum and for the opportunity to come share your word. And we thank you for what you're going to do in this ministry. We thank you for the healing that's going to take place. We thank you for the deliverance that's going to take place. We thank you for all of Brunswick who's going to come through these doors. And we're going to be welcoming them with open arms and with the love of the Lord. And I close this and I thank you and we give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord right now? Praise the Lord. We worship you, Lord. We do thank you. And I just want to bless you tonight. And I want you to go out blessed and blessing him. Because it's all about him and it's all for him. Father God, you're the one who created the universe, Lord. You commanded blessing to be spoken over your people so that your name might be placed on them and you in turn would do the blessing. And I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Go out blessing his name. Hallelujah.